podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello guys, welcome back to the show. Let's talk Chelsea, breaking down the latest news around Stamford Bridge. It is that time of the year fixture release date for the Premier League 2023-24 campaign. I'm going to give you my reaction to it, breaking down a list that is kind of silly to try and analyse. Uh, so it isn't going to be the whole show because there isn't much to analyse this early on. Into We're not even into the season yet. I mean, technically... I guess we're still in the off-season, aren't we? So we're not even into pre-season properly yet. But some interesting things to, to go through that I always do find um, pretty exciting at this time of the year to kind of plot the year ahead. Some of those key dates, those kind of festive period that I always find quite interesting to see who Chelsea are going to be facing. Then we've got some other transfer stuff. Uh, Andre Santos, very positive on that front in terms of him finally getting his work permit and being involved with Mauricio Pochettino over preseason. We will touch on Kai Havertz, Arsenal going in for him and a little bit on Moises Casado. If you are new around here, please do make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, don't miss any of the content. I did upload my conversation with Jan, Football Therapy. Hope you did enjoy it. For those who have already listened or, or watched it, thank you for your nice comments. Really great to have Jan on the channel. 26, 27 minute discussion. We, we break down quite a few things. So definitely, if you haven't seen it, please go and check it out. Jan gives some very interesting thoughts on Pochettino and kind of the players he would like to see come in, the players that potentially could struggle under Pochettino this season. Let me know your thoughts on that. And I do have another guest um, on the show tomorrow, so please do stay tuned for that. So turn on the notifications so you don't miss when that show drops. But let's get into it. So we'll start off talking about the fixtures. It's fixture release date, and I sort of joke that, you know, breaking news, Chelsea play every Premier League team twice once home, once away. That's kind of what it is because given how much changes between where I sit right now when I'm speaking to you, not even in July, pre-season, transfers, incomings, outgoings, drops in form, surprises, it's... What I want to stress, I think, is that people... And we'll get with this because the opening game of the season is against Liverpool at home. Very, very big game. Going to have a lot of cameras on it, not only because Pochettino's there, but it's against one of our big rivals. It's a game I don't look forward to because, as you probably have known if you've been watching the channel a long time, I'm not, you know, Liverpool are kind of my most disliked team. It's not a very nice fixture to have. But I also, um, I've got tired in recent years hearing people moan about how unfair the fixture list is. The reality is the quality of the Premier League has improved drastically over the last, I guess, decade, right? And you are going to face difficult runs throughout the season. You may get that run at the start. You may get that run in the middle. You may get that run at the end. You know, I, I feel that it's a trade-off, right? Sometimes you will get a very difficult period, which I believe Chelsea have in around October, November time this year. But then actually, when you look at the back end of the season, if Chelsea are competing for something, it looks a lot more favourable. So, Stop having a go at an algorithm. There's no point wasting breath over it. Everyone's got to play everyone here. And, you know, there are so many unpredictables, as we say, and also rescheduling, you know, in terms of cup competitions and, and things that will change throughout the season. 
But we do start with Liverpool at home. Mauricio Pochettino, he's got that game, which is, I say, a big one. We then followed it up away at West Ham. The following week, uh, Luton at home is the second home game. So we do play one of the newly promoted sides. I just want to go through the website and, and kind of what they were looking through, those key dates that we always look out for. We face Arsenal at home on the 21st of October. And then that kind of high narrative game, Pochettino returning to Spurs on the 4th of November. And then, of course, we face Man City and Man United, our game against uh, Man City. The first one is on the 11th of November at home in that very difficult run. And then 17th of February is when we travel to the Etihad. Both fixtures against Man United at the current time are scheduled for midweek, heading to Old Trafford on Wednesday, the 6th of December, with the return game at Stamford Bridge taking place on the 3rd of April. And the festive period, like looking at this, um, it is good, I think, firstly, that we do have a game on Boxing Day at home. I do enjoy that, but I guess you count the game before Christmas, Wolves away. I I believe we've played that game before at Wolves, uh, so similarities to a couple of years ago, but Crystal Palace at home on Boxing Day. I hope it doesn't get moved. I always do like a game at the bridge on Boxing Day. Luton away is going to be right at the end of the year. Again, it doesn't get rescheduled, but you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether that gets moved for TV. But Kenilworth Road, there's actually a little bit of a gap until the first league game of January on the 13th against Fulham at home. So there we go. Let me know your opinions. As I say, you don't want to break these down too much. You don't want to get too serious about them. There are going to be some difficult spells and knowing Chelsea sometimes. and, And listen, I know after the last season, you know, we can feel that every game is bad. But I, I do find it quite funny that everyone moans about how standards have dropped so low at Chelsea, but then get scared when we have to play someone good. I mean, you know, you can't really argue about standards and then get annoyed when we have to play some good teams. Let's get into the news. Uh, we will start with Kai Ha. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks. This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. So yesterday, Arsenal apparently have made an opening proposal for Kai Havertz. This is from David Ornstein in The Athletic. Of course, there's been wide reports since this in terms of what the proposal actually was. Apparently, it was around £40 which is kind of the similar amount we've heard that has been proposed for Mason Mount that Chelsea have rejected. Obviously, have have rejected that opening proposal. But apparently, the North London club hold a strong interest in Havertz, as Ornstein reports, and are now working to sign a 24-year-old Arsenal's pursuit, which is still at a relatively early stage, has stepped up in recent days following contact with Chelsea and with Kai Havertz. I was on uh, Harry Simu's show, Chronicles of Aguna. He's a, I think, well-known Arsenal podcaster, part of 90 Min 2. And I went on his show for about half an hour to discuss Kai Havertz. So go and check that out because I, I am asked questions about Kai and I'm not going to go through all of them here because, as I'm sure a lot of you guys know, we, we have dissected Kai Havertz and kind of the pros and cons of him a lot. I know that it's a bit like what I said about Mason Mount. If you had both of those players who have been key figures for Chelsea in the last three years move to Arsenal Man United, there is no getting away from it that that would be quite painful. Um, even if I have my severe criticism of Kai Havertz, you don't want to see many players go to Arsenal. And there is obviously, and I know this will come into the conversation if the Arsenal interest progresses, the Kevin De Bruyne kind of fear uh, that, of course, 
has cropped up a lot in recent years and I can understand why people's fear of it in terms of letting a player go too soon they go to a rival they excel I think that is a very because I, I just know how it works I know that will be the narrative that will come out in, in the upcoming days and I just think it's rubbish because I don't think the, the two situations are, are remotely comparable De Bruyne barely had any chances at Chelsea Kai Havertz has spent three four seasons at Chelsea he's played a lot of football in that time we have been able to watch Kai Havertz a lot. He, this isn't a guy who's been injury struck throughout his Chelsea career. So there haven't been long spells where he's been out. The biggest question around Kai Havertz is positioning. But I also, I keep on, you know, I keep on going back and forth on this. You know, in a more settled environment, would a lot of the current Chelsea players look better than they currently are? I think that is a fair argument. However, and it's a big however... I do think with extraordinary talent, I think they should have the ability to rise above difficult clubs and difficult moments. And I don't think Kai Havertz has shown that enough to me. He does not stand out as a key talent in the current Chelsea team. He hasn't. In the main, there have been some very key and obvious moments that we point to that are going to link him with some very special moments in Chelsea history. But it's not like we're looking at a player here who is so much better than everyone else and is just being dragged down by the environment around him. I know he's still young. I know he's moved to a different country. There are many variables that come into why a player works or doesn't work. But I also think to kind of um, take away all the responsibility from Kai Havertz with his own performances, I also don't think is very fair and I think is a very convenient thing to take away, um, particularly you know when we, we, we criticise other players. So... I can understand why Chelsea would look to sell him this summer and why Kai Havertz would want to move on. And there is that fear. And, and the ownership has kind of stated this, that having this kind of feeling that if you get to your final two years, you either sign a new contract or we move you on. I don't think that's a bad idea because I think Chelsea have held on to players for too long. And you don't want, again, situations where multiple players are multiple, you know, senior or kind of what we refer to as key players. Uh, heading into the final year of their deals with their futures uncertain. You want to clarify that either way. I have no problem with that. But of course, there is a fear that if you do move him on, he could flourish. But that's the case with every single... That's the case with most players, um, especially younger ones. The reason I have more fear about Mason Mount going is because I just think Mason Mount, I look at the evidence of two players over the last three or four years, and I think that Mason Mount has proven a more effective player for Chelsea than Kai Havertz has. As much as we can fear about what happens if Kai or Mount leaves, and in the case of Havertz going to Arsenal, going somewhere else and flourishing, what happens if he stays... There's no movement on his contract and he has another season where he kind of just sticks to the average of performances we've seen from him at Chelsea. He doesn't massively improve. Again, we have another year of kind of him being this sporadic player who has, has all right moments, but, you know, doesn't radically transform the team, doesn't go up in levels, doesn't go up in consistency. And we're effectively where we are right now in 2024. But then he's got a year left on his contract and Chelsea are probably going to have to sell for a much cheaper fee. Have we just wasted time? That is another reality that could you know, happen if Chelsea, kind of as saw Nazar Kinsella suggest, that it may just be Arsenal or stay at Chelsea. And, you know, I'd like to, you know, if you were to ask me right now, sure, in a kind of very biased and emotional way, going to Arsenal, it's not nice. But then, you know, Chelsea had to face some hard truths this summer. And I have stated before, and I'm not going to be a hypocrite and kind of go back on it now, just because the club coming in for Kai is one of our rivals. 
I think it is probably time to cut ties with Kai Havertz because I just don't think he has shown enough in three years to suggest that he is going to be this radical player for us that's going to change things um, and, and maybe just it's run its course, right? And I think it's time to invest in other players. Let me know your opinions on this issue in the comments below because maybe you feel like me in the sense that we've seen a lot of Kai Havertz. We've been able to make a fair judgment on him and actually losing him, met, you know, it may be a blessing in disguise in a sense because you, you get a quite decent fee for him, nowhere near what we originally paid for him, but you've got him out, that open space for someone else potentially to be more effective. Or are you fearful of another Kevin De Bruyne situation, even though I personally think that comparison is just unfair? The final thing is positive news. Andre Santos, uh, Chelsea wonder kid Santos finalising work permit as first team role beckons. Apparently, he's finalising that work permit. Apparently, he was a point off a visa um, quite a few months ago, but the 19-year-old was at the British consulate in Brazil on Wednesday to complete the relevant paperwork as he bids to link up with the Chelsea squad for the start of pre-season. We did... Talk about Cesare Casadei, who, of course, had a really, really good time at the Under-20s World Cup. We've seen what Santos has been doing in recent months, and it felt like Chelsea were really pushing for Santos to be part of the second half of, of last season that has just finished. And this is one that is exciting, and it gets back to kind of the, the midfield discussion in the sense that Chelsea have invested in Castellet, they've invested in Chukwemeka, they have, of course, Enzo Fernandez. they now have Andre Santos, who looks like good enough to maybe challenge for a first-team spot. If you were going to go out there and sign a new midfielder, you understand that, you know, that there needs to be a, an appreciation that you've invested in these young talents. What is the pathway for them? And um, I, I, I'm really intrigued to see how Santos works under Mauricio Pochettino, because I think this summer is kind of, you know, I feel like Poch, why Pochino ticks so many boxes and why I, I think he works this summer for Chelsea, especially, is that if this is going to be a summer of Chelsea, looking at the market, looking at what they have, looking at what they have to do in terms of selling players more than buying players, and just appreciating what they have and actually saying, you know what, we're not going to always go into every area. And if, if, if the right player isn't available and we've got someone internally that, we have faith that, you know, Mauricio Pochettino can develop. We're going to go by that route because that's a route Chelsea don't go down very often, actually. Only when we're forced to, like with the case of a transfer ban. And we saw the positives that came out of that period. And I do think that there is talent within this squad. Sure, it's not... I know a lot of people sort of shout and scream about, you know, it's not going to, you know, world class is not going to win us the Premier League. But if it means developing players who in years to come, we, we kind of benefit from this. I think that's what make, makes Pochettino such a great appointment in these kind of scenarios. And I think Santos represents one of those kind of alternative routes where, sure, we can go in for Moises Casado. I think Casado fits a profile player we haven't had. I'd be happy to see him come in. We've also got to balance that with, you know, what, what could be asked to be being paid and also the players that we already have at our disposal that we could be using this season um, and particularly over pre-season. Let me know your opinions because just to say, Fabrizio Romano uh, reporting that Chelsea are working hard on trying to sign Casado and, you know, that's the way it is, right? I expect Chelsea to make at least one big signing this summer. It's kind of what Chelsea do. As I said, I don't think Casado is a bad shout. Um, I, I don't think the player himself is bad. I don't think the, it would be a wasted amount of money because I think it's an area that has needed attention for a while. But I just think maybe in centre forward in other areas, you know, Chelsea have talent that they can very much um, allow to grow this summer with other players moving on too. Those are my thoughts today. Let me know yours in the comments below and I will see you again very soon. All the best.
Social Podcast Network.